You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish podcast for independent minds. No preamble, no small talk. I'm just getting right into it because I'm hot on an issue today and I'm eager to frame it for all of you as we begin this new week. So yesterday there was a lot of voting for a Sunday at Smirconish.com. I mean, keep in mind, I'm not on the POTUS airwaves. I'm not on CNN. It's the one day that I'm dark and I'm not able to drive people to go and vote, which tells you I was on to an issue that didn't need any promotion. Should the DOJ give any consideration to the prospect of civil unrest when deciding whether to indict Donald Trump? I'll tell you in a moment why I asked that question. 14,287 cast ballots and 88% and change said no. As Merrick Garland is approaching this momentous decision of whether to indict, uh, whether to indict a former president of the United States, he should give no consideration to the prospect of civil unrest. Now, I framed that. I actually framed that question and told it to TC on Saturday. It was on Sunday evening that, was it evening or afternoon? It hardly matters. That Lindsey Graham said what he said on Fox. And today's poll question comes back to this related issue, but it's a distinctly different question. Today I want to know, do you agree with Lindsey Graham that if there is a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, there will be riots in the streets. What, what do you have your finger on the button? Are you ready to play this or something? Oh, okay. Go ahead and play it. There's a double standard when it comes to Trump. What happened with Hunter Biden is that the FBI weighed in to make sure a story didn't break for the 2020 election. We now have whistleblowers at the FBI telling Senator Grassley that they were told to slow down and back off Hunter Biden. And I'll say this. If there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, which you presided over and did a hell of a good job, there'll be riots in the streets. Now, look, the, the question, among others, is was he trying to send a message to Merrick Garland? Was he trying to influence Merrick Garland's decision making process? Of course, you know, since we've been together last, the affidavit was uh, released it was heavily redacted, the 38 pages. We really didn't learn much. But nevertheless, all of these Mar-a-Lago-related developments 
have spurred a number of editorials, two in particular that are worthy of our attention. So first, there's the Wall Street Journal, the Mar-a-Lago affidavit, you know, uh, sort of uh, tracking Peggy Lee, that great song, which is actually in my rotation. Is that all there is? And the Wall Street Journal says this really does seem to boil down to a fight over the handling of classified documents. They are unapologetic for Donald Trump, quote, as always with Mr. Trump, he seems to have been his own worst enemy in this dispute. He and his staff appear to have been sloppy, even cavalier in storing the documents. Classified records found in boxes were mixed in with newspapers, magazines, printed news articles, photos, miscellaneous printouts and notes, etc., etc. This fanned suspicion that important documents were still floating around the house where bad actors hanging around Mar-a-Lago might pilfer them. The Wall Street Journal says, but wasn't there a different course this could have this could have been taken by DOJ? Quote, instead, they could have gone to district court and sought an order for the proper handling and storage of documents. And then the Wall Street Journal, in, in being both critical of Trump, but saying, is that all there is, concludes with this paragraph. We aren't defending Mr. Trump's behavior in any of this. He brings much of this trouble on himself, but his political enemies make it worse when they break political norms themselves. They also help Mr. Trump by making him into a political martyr. If you're going to indict a former president, you'd better have him dead to rights on something bigger than the mishandling of documents. I think it's well reasoned. I think it's well argued. I agree with that final statement. And, you know, seemingly... So, too, does the New York Times, although, you know, what is big enough? Do you know it? Thinking Potter Stewart when you see it? The New York Times dropped an editorial, a long editorial on Friday. It didn't run until Sunday. They were saving it for the Sunday print edition, but it's been electronically available since Friday night. I gave you the Wall Street Journal. Now, here's the New York Times, and I'm just let me develop this because I'm, I'm leading somewhere with all of this. The New York Times says the spectacle of a former president facing criminal investigation raises profound questions about American democracy, and these questions demand answers. The New York Times says there's little doubt that Mr. Trump, relative to January 6th, sought to subvert the Constitution and overturn the will of the American people. I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe he was attempting to subvert the Constitution and overturned the will of the American people. He was defeated at the polls. He tried to enlist federal law enforcement authorities, state officials, and administrators of the nation's electoral system in a furious effort to remain in power. I agree with all of that. Whether it rises to a criminal standard, I don't know. Is it seditious conspiracy? I'm not sure, but it might be. And then separately, you've got the issue of him taking home classified information. And the New York Times says, if Attorney General Merrick Garland and his staff conclude that there is sufficient evidence to establish Mr. Trump's guilt on a serious charge in a court of law, then they must indict him. Do I agree with that? Yes, I do agree with that. But what's a serious charge? You know, I think there's I think there's a misunderstanding. We we all speak in the classification terms about the significance of this. In fact, I'm, I'm looking at the front page of 
the New York Times from Saturday when now the affidavit had been released. And it says the Justice Department's search of former President Donald Trump's Florida home was spurred by the discovery that he had held on to a trove of highly classified materials that included documents related to the use of clandestine human source intelligence. That's significant. Yes, I want to know what was the classification status of that which he kept at home, but it's not necessary to prosecute him. You can he can be prosecuted for espionage shy of anything having been classified in his possession. At its core, it's really a case, and I'm talking only about Mar-a-Lago now, not January 6th. It's a case about whether he had possession of property that wasn't his. That was ours. Is it sufficiently serious that he should be prosecuted? My view, I need to know more. I need to know what was in it. I mean, the the Wall Street, pardon me, the Washington Post told us there were nuclear materials in those files. That has not yet been shown. Maybe that was not an accurate report. I don't know. But it's the following paragraph of the New York Times that really piques my curiosity. The New York Times said this. This board, and of course, this editorial is posted at smirconish.com and it led today's newsletter. And so, too, the alternative Wall Street Journal editorial. They're both there at the top of the newsletter for you today. So, quoting the New York Times, this board is aware that in deciding how Mr. Trump should be held accountable under the law, it is necessary to consider not just whether criminal prosecution should be warranted, but whether it would be wise. No American president has ever been criminally prosecuted after leaving office. When President Gerald Ford pardoned Richard Nixon, he ensured that Nixon would not be prosecuted for crimes committed during the Watergate scandal. Ford explained this decision with the warning that such a prosecution posed grave risks of rousing ugly passions and worsening political polarization. I highlighted that, especially the language where it said that Garland needs to decide whether it would be wise. Because this, to me, is uh, unique to a case such as we are discussing. Typically, a prosecutor has to decide what? Is there evidence of a crime here, and can I win it? Is there sufficient evidence of a crime that if I bring the case, I can win it? And if there is, you bring the case. So where... Where do I find the citation? Where do I find the constitutional reference, the statutory underpinning of the whether it would be wise? I've been asking that question here for a couple of weeks now. And uh, when I read that in the editorial, I said to myself, I, I need to I'm a civil litigator. I need to go to people with criminal experience and knowledge who are seeing something in this that I am not seeing. So here's what I did yesterday. I sent more or less the same email to three friends. I, I regard them all as legal friends and friends of this program. They've all been guests on this program. Danny Savalos, who is the NBC, MSNBC legal analyst who has guest hosted this program. Ellie Honig, who you see all the time on CNN. I don't know what his exact title is, but you know he has become like the Jeffrey Tubin. He is like the legal guru of CNN. And who do you see over on Fox, for whom I also have high regard, GW Law Professor Jonathan Turley. 
So I said to each of them, could you react in a sentence or two? I'm going to quote you on radio if you do. In the Sunday print edition of the New York Times editorial, note the reference to Merrick Garland needing to determine whether a prosecution would be wise. I still question where that thinking comes from. Isn't the sole issue for Garland only do I have sufficient evidence of a crime and can I win? And what really caused me to want to ask of each of these three wherein what I'm really asking in wherein lies the discretion because now you've got Lindsey Graham saying there could be violence must Merrick Garland take that into consideration because wouldn't that be the definition of would it be wise and can somebody anybody tell me wherein do I see the parameters, the definition of that discretion, because I don't understand it. I, I think I I think I made a joke to Danny. Oh, yeah, I did to Danny because I, you know, I know Danny the best. Danny wrote back to me and I said, thanks for the quick reply. But where's the discretion found in the law? Is it a statute? The Constitution is the trap door beneath the 14th Amendment substantive due process clause. I don't get it. So here was Danny's reply to me. Danny said, determining whether what Trump did meets the elements of a crime is not the end of the AG's analysis. No matter what he says publicly, he will additionally consider whether it's wise to prosecute the former president. Nixon wasn't necessarily right when he said that when the president does it, it's not illegal. But the DOJ has given the former president this much deference. It shows it's at least harder to prosecute a former president than it is a regular person. And when I then pushed back on Danny and said, "Okay, but where do I find it? He said it's prosecutorial discretion. It's pretty much plenary, meaning it's just an unqualified absolute privilege that a prosecutor has. So that's Danny Savalos from MSNBC and NBC. Ellie Honig, Uh, he says, this is an interesting and complex issue. If I had to boil it down to a couple of sentences, here's what I'd say. This is now Ellie, former Southern District uh, of New York prosecutor. In an ideal world, prosecutors would make charging decisions based solely on the strength of the evidence as applied to the law. In other words, quote, is the evidence sufficient and strong enough to convict? And is this a righteous and necessary prosecution, unquote. But prosecutors operate in the real world, not in some sanitized, apolitical vacuum. Garland himself has acknowledged as much by his actions regarding Mar-a-Lago. Would the AG himself have reviewed a common search warrant against a, quote, regular subject? Would he have held a press conference seeking to address public outcry for more transparency? I don't blame Garland for these steps. To the contrary, I think they show a realistic assessment and accommodation of the politics around the case. All that said, says Ellie Honig, I do not think it is necessary or appropriate for a prosecutor to to consider political reactions. Will this case anger people? Will it ruffle feathers, etc.? In fact, if a prosecutor decided not to charge for those reasons, that in itself would render prosecution subservient to the whim of the populace and would place Trump or any similarly situated figure above the law. And then he says parenthetically, okay, that's more than two sentences. Clip as you will. No, I read it entirely. 
So I think he makes a real point. Like it, he wasn't reflecting specifically on Lindsey Graham, but he may as well have been. Should Merrick Garland, should Merrick Garland take into consideration Lindsey Graham saying there could be violence in the streets? I mean, you you can't govern prosecutorial decisions based on polling data or public reaction because then the rule of law becomes subservient to the whim of the people. There might be unpopular prosecutions, but prosecutions that need to be brought nevertheless. Although I go back to both the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, the Wall St- the New York Times saying, you know, uh, if it's a serious charge, they have to indict him. Or the Wall Street Journal, it better be something bigger than mishandling documents. I mean, I have to acknowledge, I think that to the New York Times, these highly classified documents, even though they need not be classified, probably is big enough. To the Wall Street Journal, it's, no, he was sloppy. He wasn't selling them to the Saudis. He's, he, this is Trump, his own worst enemy. We're not defending it. But is it really worth risking the violence that Lindsey Graham fears might come? Probably not. Then there's Jonathan Turley. Okay, so Jonathan Turley from GW, who you always see at Fox. Again, what's the issue? The issue is I'm saying, hey, professor, I see in the New York Times editorial something I've been seeing and hearing elsewhere, which is that Merrick Garland need decide something more than can I win this case against Donald Trump? That there's another factor out there. It's the factor of hmm, how smart would it be to bring this? Is it in the country's best interest? Like, where does that come from? That's my question to Jonathan Turley. The good professor replies as follows. Again, each of the three of them told by me, I want to be able to quote you. And I appreciate it. Like, all three of them, boom, just a quick response, thoughtful, intelligent. So here comes Turley now. Michael, I have long maintained that current or former presidents should be charged When there is clear evidence of a crime, including the cases of former presidents Nixon and Clinton. The Justice Department, however, has long adopted a more cautious approach. Although a federal judge declared that Clinton committed perjury, even when some of his supporters admitted he was not charged. There has been a recognition that such a prosecution, even a clear case like Bill Clinton's, could divide the nation at a time when it needs to move forward. I have always disagreed with that view. Believing that if a president commits a crime, prosecution strengthens the nation by showing its commitment to the rule of law. So I'll just stop there. Turley says, hey, I think if a president uh, breaks the law when there's clear evidence of a crime, you got to prosecute him. But that's not the way justice has approached these situations with both Nixon and Clinton. More from Turley. However, that is not an invitation for improvisation or impulse. If a former president is going to sit in the dock, the case should be sufficiently strong to refute any question of political motive or influence. Given the history of the department of officials, given the history of the department of officials lying to the FISA court and ignoring countervailing evidence in Trump-related investigations, the Attorney General should not prosecute absent clarity of the law and the facts of the criminal violations. He also has an obligation to be consistent in cases in the use of prosecutorial discretion, including the handling of the Hillary Clinton emails. 
My problem with the document retention claims is that the law is murky on a president's declassification authority, and we still do not know the communications between the FBI and the Trump legal team between June 8th and August 8th. All the best, Jonathan. So three smart lawyers analyzing the question of what is Garland's frame of reference? What is he evaluating? Is it more? Is it more than just is there evidence of a crime here for which I can make a successful prosecution? They're, they're all they're, they're, I You know, I read them aloud. So you may draw different conclusions from them. I hear them each acknowledging that there is this discretion, although I don't know that any of the three use the word that Merrick Garland possesses. That, that it's not the straightforward case. It is a former president and he's got to, to, you know, weigh an analysis here of is the crime big enough? And is it wise, to quote the New York Times, for me to bring it? So uh, that now brings us back to Lindsey Graham saying there's going to be violence if, in fact, he's prosecuted for that which we are talking about here. Lindsey Graham having said, if there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information, he said after the Clinton debacle, there will be riots in the streets. Should Merrick Garland take that assessment into consideration? Should he be focused on simply whether there's been a violation of the law and if he can prove it or what might be the ramification? And do we know from the outside looking in whether this meets the threshold? The Potter Stewart question, we'll know pornography when we see it. Do we see pornography, the equivalent? In what is known about Mar-a-Lago so far, or, because my view is right now, knowing what we know, the left is saying one thing and the right is saying another. In, in the eyes of critics of Donald Trump, it's like, hey, that was clandestine human source intel. That's enough. Go after him. And to the Wall Street Journal, it's you better have something bigger than than him sloppily handling classified information. That's where we are. That is where we are as of this moment in time. I'm not bringing this to any black and white logical conclusion because it doesn't lend itself to that. Make sure you're voting today at Smirconish.com on the poll question. Do you agree with Lindsey Graham? As I say yesterday, when I asked whether DOJ should give any consideration to civil unrest, people said no. Nearly 90% of more than 14,000. Today I want to know, okay, your argument, those of you who voted, the vast majority say, don't take it into consideration. But do you think it might happen? If Donald Trump is indicted for that which we know now, the, the mishandling of classified information, will there be civil unrest that would result? This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders 
are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish, netsuite.com slash smirconish. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Will. You're the perfect person to weigh in. You are a district attorney. You're in Los Angeles. So what is your assessment of Garland's frame of reference vis-a-vis the reaction of the public and whether it would be good for society? So I, I just want to say to your first question that you offered to your friends, right, the, the, the power of prosecutorial discretion, it's, it's inherent in the criminal statutes of pretty much every state by reference that the the charging entity is the district attorney, county attorney, assistant county attorney, whatever you call it in your various state. And, and the awesome power in the American judicial system of whether or not to bring criminal charges is on no one's desk but the prosecutor. So that's my answer to just kind of the, the authority that you're seeking, that no one, the courts, a defense attorney, if you really want to go there, no one can bring criminal charges. Now, I also have issue with uh, how you described what Garland's analysis is. Is is there evidence and can he win? Because a, a prosecutor's job is to do justice. Quite literally, that's you know the oath that we take. And in that, there is justice in deciding not to bring charges for various reasons. Um, doing justice right, gets harder as the crime gets more serious. You don't really ever see somebody choose not to pursue murder charges because people might get upset. But every day, prosecutors make these decisions to ensure they maintain the trust with their community. So that's that's what I think he's worried about. And how would that, how, now apply that framework as you've articulated it to this case. So what, 
you you understand there's a national conversation about distrust in law enforcement at all levels. And now MAGA, Trumpism, has kind of been infected the DOJ, which, you know, formerly used to be this untouchable entity that when they acted, you know, it was with a sense of reverence in law. And, and I think what he's concerned about, what you see similar uh, behavior by the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, is that they have to understand that maintaining trust is of the utmost importance, credibility. Uh, a prosecutor is nothing if they are not credible. And so what do you do here? Do you say, okay, we got the document, let's step away from this, even though we can prove a criminal charge? Because Trump is pretty much dead to rights. He had those documents. Yeah, it's right. I think that's pretty true. Much a, it's almost like strict liability, the way that I, I totally that. agree. I totally agree. I just have to say, uh, be, because when you say that, it, that MAGA has brought on this distrust of the FBI, they certainly, that viewpoint, they certainly have. But let's each acknowledge that the FBI has been mistake prone. Uh, Carter Page would be my exhibit A and the way in which the FISA court was misled about him. There are a lot of mistakes that played right into the hands of those who want to tear down uh, faith in institutions like the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Absolutely. Mistakes are made every day in law enforcement, right? They're nothing. Yeah. The FBI, as, as prominent as it is, it is nothing but an entity made of people. But again, I think that also, your comment, plays into charging decisions. What is the level of trust the nation has uh, in our office right now, and do we help or hurt that? And all of that is part of the prosecutor's main role in the criminal justice system to seek justice. Will, I hope that what, what I hope people took away from my opening commentary and this phone call is that these are not black and white matters. I often hear people, oh, well, just apply the law. It's not so simple. You can't turn to page 54 and see, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. And I, I just, I want your callers to know that the analysis for a prosecutor, if you're worth your weight and you take your oath seriously, it's never to win a case. You have to pursue truth and do justice. And sometimes that means you walk away and you have hard conversations with victims. And you say, I believe you, but we can't do this. Um, and those are very hard conversations to have. I got to run. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. More phone calls in a moment. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com.
Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish, netsuite.com slash Smirconish. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to Michael live, weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Dan, you're in Collegeville. What did you most want to say? Hey, Michael. So I heard your uh, CNN interview, and they played the, uh, the Lindsey Graham clip where he said there's going to be rioting in the streets if uh, Trump is prosecuted. And the question that was asked you, did Lindsay issue a threat? Now, you answered a question by saying, well, you know, people think there's a double standard, Hunter Biden, Hillary Clinton, blah, blah, blah. But you didn't answer his question, so I want to try to ask it again and say, did Lindsey Graham issue a threat? And if the answer that's yes, why wouldn't you say so on the air? Well, I don't think he issued. First of all, like, what are you taking notes on everything and holding me accountable? That's not allowed. Um, now, actually, I was listening to the Artemis launch this morning, and then you came on after that. So, yeah, which got canceled. So, yeah. do I think he issued a threat? No, I don't think it's a threat. I don't think it's a threat he could issue. Do I believe that he was uh, attempting to send a message to Merrick Garland? Yes, I believe that's probably the case. Is that a specific answer to your question? Well, yeah, your answer was no, he didn't issue a threat. Now, don't you think, for example, if Obama during the Chauvin trial had gone on the air and saying, hey, if Chauvin is, is found innocent, uh, there's going to be rioting in the streets, people wouldn't call that a threat? I, I don't I don't know, Dan, if this is a, a whataboutism kind of thing, I, I don't know that you got me. I don't know that you didn't get me. I'm just trying to be completely transparent. I don't believe that Lindsey Graham is capable of issuing a threat because I don't think he can marshal anyone to act at his command. Do I think that he is raising an issue for Garland's consideration, maybe trying to intimidate him a little bit? Perhaps. But I would point this out. The editorial that I was quoting from in The New York Times itself said, quote, there is an even more immediate threat of further violence, and it is a possibility that Americans, sadly, should be prepared for. Now, I could turn the table on you and say, is the New York Times issuing a threat? Because aren't they really saying the same thing that Lindsey Graham said? 
Hello? Okay, you, you didn't hear... Uh, he didn't hear what I said. Shit, I had a really good response, I think. And he didn't even hear it. Uh, Manuel, you're in Columbus, Georgia. Greetings, hi. Hey, good morning, Michael. How are you? All good. Point real quick was, you know, Lindsey Graham is saying, you know, that there could possibly be rioting in the streets if uh, Mr. Trump gets indicted and everything like that. But... Do you, don't you think that maybe Merrick Garland might be considering that there might be violence in the streets if he doesn't? Because the public in general would probably perceive that as a breakdown in the law and the reverse effect might happen. I think there's a distinct possibility that if Trump were indicted, there would not be. There are always going to be some knuckleheads on both ends of the spectrum. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that there would be violence in the street. It depends for what is he going to be indicted. And if he's not indicted, again, based on the facts as they are known, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that anybody is coming out in droves and violent to to uh, uh, protest that. Hi, Rick, you're in Syracuse, New York. What did you want to say? Hi, Michael. Uh, First-time caller, love the show. Here, it's Thanks. simple for me. I yeah. consider myself... Uh, a thinker to appreciate context and complexity. But in this case, I am so far gone on this whole thing. I got to say it's black and white. If there's evidence strong enough to convict and they feel they can convict, do it because it, we're just postponing what's going to come next. If it, I know people are going to say, well, let's let the elections take care of it. But guess what? In 2024, if I don't win, it's because it's rigged, and we're right back where we were. Well, okay. Should, so. should Merrick should Merrick Garland be factoring in those kind of considerations, Rick? I mean, you and I are, but should he, as a prosecutor? Look, I agree with Will, who was you know driving to his job as a district attorney in Los Angeles when he called a few minutes ago. It seems. It seems like it's a case of pretty much strict liability. That means a case for which there's just no defense. He had stuff in his possession that was not his. It's ours. Now, you're going to charge him or not charge him? And Jonathan Turley said in that missive to me, I am a believer that when presidents break the law, you bring the case against him. Whether it's Clinton for perjury or Nixon for obstruction or whatever the charge would have been against Nick, you got to be consider consistent. Turley also says he's not sure about this chronology for Trump. But the DOJ has treated presidents differently in the past. And I think that's all entirely accurate. Make sure you're voting at Smirconish.com on today's poll question, please. I'm really keenly interested to see what you're saying. May I also mention, um, I will be giving, along with my colleague Steve Scully, the details, I think, on Wednesday but hoping that you are circling the date of Friday, October 7, and potentially coming to Philadelphia to, to spend the day in Philadelphia for reasons I will make clear on, I think it'll be this Wednesday. Save the date, Friday, October 7, okay? Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. 
I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.